And then I had a, ta a table of 10 booked on the front veranda on Saturday night and then they actually, it was way too cold, so I had to put them inside the restaurant. And then of course they had a time limit where they had to leave and that's pretty hard to explain to a lot of people. Today on Dirty Linen, we are heading to the far reaches of Northern Victoria to a restaurant that actually has a very special place in my pandemic story. We're chatting today to Emma Handley from Templar Lodge in Tawonga. Hi, Emma. Hi, Danny. how are you going? I'm fine. So, the, as the pandemic was closing in all around us in the middle of March, my last meal at a restaurant outside my immediate environs was at Templar Lodge with you. The restaurant was closed. It was just the two of us. You made me lunch. I like looked over your shoulder in the kitchen. <laughs> it was very annoying, no doubt. And uh, then I got in my car and listened to news on the radio all the way home and I had this very strange feeling that I had to get back to, back home, back to my house, back to my family before the world closed around me like a roller door, just like just slowly getting closer and closer to the ground and I felt like I had to just whip myself in underneath it before the world was closed to me. So it was... I know, I think we both knew on that day that things were going to change. It, we did, didn't we? Because it's that weird feeling of things. It was a beautiful day. We went and looked at the garden a couple of blocks down and yeah I mean we were talking about the seasons where well, you showed me your lovely restaurant ate your beautiful food so it's that strange it's different that strange I guess intersection of absolute strangeness and normality yeah and I think too we've been through such a hard time with the bushfires and then all of a sudden the COVID thing was upon us yeah can you take me back to that day and or that to that period in your restaurant's life and your own history and tell me what you were feeling about what was about to happen and, and what you yeah what you just not even come out the other side regarding of. the bushfires or COVID well just that funny period in between where I mean I was in your part of the world doing a bushfire recovery story for good food with the age and it was all about you know what can we do to um to support these country businesses I was filling up my boot I don't know if you remember but I think you gave me a pumpkin and some preserves and stuff and I put them in my boot and in that boot was so much produce from northeastern Victoria because I don't know it was just this very strange intersection of I wanted to support all the business like as I could so I was just buying produce left right and center but then it had this very strange edge of Am I hoarding here? Like, am I gathering food for the apocalypse? It was such a strange mashup of feelings. Uh, but yeah, what was it like for you? Oh, it was, we we sort of knew that something was coming, but I don't think we realised how severe it was going to be, especially for hospitality businesses and so many other businesses as well. Yeah, that's right. Because um, I'm trying to remember if you had been. You'd had people cancelling, hadn't you? But you were still theoretically opening the following weekend. Yes, I was. And I did have full book bookings that weekend. And I, yeah, I seems to have been the case. Every time I've shut down, I've had to call up everyone and make sure they know that we're not open. Most people do. But, um, yeah, it's just been amazing. Just feel like, yeah, yeah. Well, and just I've caught you now just on the other side of reopening yet again. So we're talking on a Monday and you've had the, the weekend that was. Um, Regional Victoria has been able to open for just over a week now. Can you tell me about 
that announcement and the process of reopening and indeed what the what the weekend just passed has been like for you? Once we did find out that we could reopen, we didn't have enough time to get the stock in that we required to open on that weekend. So I opened the week this weekend, just gone. And um, yeah, I'm pretty lucky that I did open them because most of my stock was still arriving late Friday afternoon by freight and things like that. Yeah, so it's very... I was, I was very limited to what menu I could actually put together as well. Just being stock, waiting on stock arriving. What kinds of things were you waiting for? Oh, a, a lot of wines from my wine list. And yeah, just, you know, bits and pieces that were coming up from Melbourne. Because I pretty much, there was nothing left in the kitchen. The kitchen had sort of been, what stock I did have, I went through and checked use by dates and had to throw a lot of things away. Yeah, that must be a really bad feeling. What kinds of things did you find you couldn't use? I had a beautiful San Daniel prosciutto that I had to throw away and also a lot of beers as well. Yeah, so just, you know, going through stuff and you think, oh, yeah, that'll be fine. And then you check it and you go, oh, no, I've actually got to throw that out. Yeah, it's the last thing that you want to do. Can you talk about some of the other things that you need to do to get the restaurant back open again? Just, I suppose, explain to people why it's not as simple as just opening the doors and turning on the lights. Yeah, you pretty much, I mean, everything's sort of last minute. Like, obviously, a lot of dust dust falls in a restaurant that's not open. All your equipment needs to get turned back on. We ha- I did have a few issues with a dishwasher and also an ice machine that were playing up on me. Usually, this stuff doesn't like being turned off. So, then you turn it back on and it's um, making some funny noises or not going on at all? Yeah, just nothing sort of operates the way that it should. But um, again, that costs you money to get plumbers in and things like that to fix things up. And also just, I've also got birds that love themselves in the windows at the moment. So I've got huge mess out on the verandas, <laughs> unfortunately. So yeah, but at the moment it's been inside dining, obviously, because it's been too cold. Well, that's another thing that we need to talk about because, of course, yes, uh, regional Victorian restaurants have been allowed to open, but your numbers are very restricted. So it's... Uh, uh, t- up to 10 people in each of two dining spaces so 20 inside is a maximum and um, 50 outdoors in one dining space so tell me what you're able to do. I've got two dining spaces inside so I can do 20 um, customers and also outside I can do 25 on the veranda and that gives me 1.5 space in between tables. Right and did bookings come in straight away when people heard that you were reopening? Yes, I was completely booked out pretty much as soon as I announced that I was reopening via social media. And unfortunately, we had snow on Friday. So I had guests that were driving down from Falls Creek that were unable to arrive. And I also had another table from Bright that couldn't make it as well due to, due to the snowfall. I mean, it's just crazy. I saw sitting here in Melbourne, I mean, it was freezing here as well, but I did see a lot of photos on social media from people who were um, yeah, posting pictures of the snow, which I suppose you'd sort of think, oh, how pretty, except for the fact that it meant that outdoor dining was simply not a possibility. Oh, yeah, definitely wasn't an option. And also um, I lost half my bookings on the Friday night with last minute cancellations. So... In the end, I ended up doing 12 people. That is so tough. And then I, I had extra staff on to cover because we need to actually cover more floor, floor space now. So the actual wait staff need to walk further in distance to take food to tables. 
And then I had a, ta a table of 10 booked on the front veranda on Saturday night and then they actually, it was way too cold, so I had to put them inside the restaurant. And then, of course, they had a time limit where they had to leave. And that's pretty hard to explain to a lot of people. That you actually must leave the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me that seems strange because... But I suppose I'm obsessed with what you're allowed to do and I'm, you know, really desperate to for restaurants to be able to do as much business as they can. But do you feel still feel like there's a lack of awareness in the dining community about the restrictions and about what it means for restaurants to turn tables? Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't think uh, the general public are fully aware of what restrictions we are under. I find that just really strange. So what were the – was it? so the customers were like, you were saying to them, oh, guys, look, I really need you to leave because someone else needs this table and they just didn't really want to um, make a move? No, no, we pretty much had to – clear their table right in front of them and then tell them they had to go outside. And people sort of got a bit funny about that as well. Mm, it must be so tough because, of course, <laughs> you're in the business of hospitality and you want to look after those people. I'm sure in normal circumstances you'd love for them to have a couple of nightcaps and just um, ease their way out slowly. But uh, you're under a lot of pressure at the moment. And you've also got them with the two-hour rule as well where they have to – they can only be there for two hours. Generally, most people would spend three, three and a half hours at my restaurant. So you're sort of you're rushing them you're rushing them along to eat their food. Um, the two hour rules are guidelines, so you're not obliged to stick to that two hour limit. But of course, you're allowed to if that's what you need to do to make things in any sense viable for your business. Yeah, and also I have I stopped doing a kids menu at the moment as well. That's obviously taking up very valuable space for me. Did you have any pushback on that? Um, I've had uh, customers try and book with kids and I do explain to them that I don't have a kids menu and that I'm only able to do 20 diners. Okay and has that been a hard conversation to have with people? Yeah it is because I think people we've always sort of catered for everyone and I think yeah people are sort of like why you know why can't we bring the kids? Yeah, it's just really hard conversations. You know obviously the spend per head obviously isn't going to be as good if I've got a child in a seat instead of an adult. It's really hard decisions that you have to make. Yeah and then on Saturday night we had people were you know, having a great time. Everyone was sort of, you could tell the vibe of the restaurant was really good. They were all just happy to be out and be actually dining again. There was lots of, lots of cocktails drunk and there was lots of entrees, mains and desserts, which was wonderful for me. <laughs> well, that side of it at least is good. Um, and given that you did lower numbers than you thought you were going to do, did you have an issue with um, wastage of produce? I did actually because I obviously had more food ordered for the Friday evening and I didn't have the diners to use that food. So it's stuff that I bring home here and feed my family, I guess. Well, good for the family but not so good for the business. No, and I mean, I, again, I'm at, at capacity this Friday and this Saturday night as well. So how are you looking forward to this weekend? Are you just keeping a close eye on the forecast? Yes, I am and then I can potentially... I've got a table of 10 that want to sit outside, but again, I've got to keep an eye on the forecast to make sure we haven't got storms and rain coming in sideways. <laughs> so much to think about, isn't it, Emma? Yeah, it's sort of, it's very last minute. Like, um, the 10 are like, yep, definitely, we want to sit outside. But again, if the weather's bad, no one wants to sit outside if the rain's coming in and you've got a, a, a wind blowing or anything like that. And you can't, I don't actually have any screens or anything to cover the veranda windows and I think in some of the um, the rules it says that you can't have 
enclosed sort of windows like that because then it's considered a it's not considered an open space. Emma, tell me what kinds of uh, summer creatures you might have buzzing around your restaurant. Uh, plenty of flies, plenty of mosquitoes. I've got um, a cow paddock next, next door to the restaurant and unfortunately with that comes flies, big blowflies as well. And um, it's something that we have to contend with most summers. And in the evening, I do have a creek running near the restaurant. So we do have some pretty nasty mosquitoes. I do what I can with coils and repellent and things like that. But um, yeah, unfortunately, I do have a lot of diners that sit outside that do request to come inside and I actually can't put them inside because they have a full restaurant. Yeah, so many challenges. And what about, you've got a you've got steps off the veranda down to a garden. What, what have, you, have you thought of putting tables in there? I have thought about putting tables in there and my only downside in doing that would be that OH&S issues of staff walking downstairs carrying food or drinks and, you know, obviously injuring themselves, unfortunately. Yeah, there's so many things to think about. And I mean, you're pretty much running the restaurant by yourself, aren't you? It's like it's, it's yeah, the buck always stops with you. Yeah. Yes, I am. So, and yeah, again, again, if you've got staff walking down the stairs, you, you potentially need another staff member again just to make sure you've got enough people carrying food and drinks out from the restaurant which again doesn't really make it very viable. Given all of these considerations, you know, the the keeping an eye on the weather forecast, um, waiting for produce to come up from Melbourne, diners getting stuck in the snow that stops them from getting over the hill, all these kinds of things that you have to consider in this brave new world, how are you feeling about your running your restaurant? Uh, pretty nervous. I, I mean, obviously this weekend... I didn't stand a chance of making any money because you have to invest your your money back into the stock that you need to run the restaurant. And, yeah, I'm pretty nervous. I'll wait and see how this weekend goes because obviously I've got a lot of my dry goods in and things like that. But I'll have more of an indication as to how we can navigate through this after, the, after next weekend. And what are other um, hospitality people that you're talking to saying that they're thinking, feeling and doing? Well, I think everyone's just, um, I guess I'm lucky here in this valley because I do have a very good undercover area when the weather weather is good. But there are a lot of restaurants here that just don't have that option of putting people somewhere undercover. And as you already mentioned, you know, the fires really are not that far away and there's so much bushfire recovery that needs to be done for the Victoria's northeast. How, I mean, has that just been pushed to one side or is that still, is, you know, at the forefront of people's minds, especially as we start heading into another fire season? Yeah, I do think it has been pushed, pushed aside a little bit, especially because, I, I guess down in Melbourne, they've sort of been in that lockdown period for such a long time, but up here... We had the extra, the extra shutdown as well. So most businesses have had to 
shut their doors and get up and running at least three three times. It's, it, it, the mind really boggles. I mean, it's so much to deal with as a business owner and especially as someone such as yourself where you're in a, a beautiful pocket like close to the ski fields and close to Bright, which is such a fabulous tourist town. And I'm assuming that you would get quite a lot of customers coming from New South Wales as well, which can't be too, too great with the borders being closed. Yes, no, I, I have had um, Albury people that did have, I did actually had a few weddings booked in and they were, they were actually in Albury. So I did actually, obviously they cancelled and because they could only have at the time, I think it was 20 people. So unfortunately for me, that was two weddings that were out the door for my business. So currently at this point in time, I don't have any, any functions or any pre-bookings for the rest of the year. So I'm pretty much going weekend by weekend at the moment. And you're such a seasonally driven chef. Your food is is so beautiful and so connected to the seasons and the produce that's around. Can you talk about what it's like to try to be creative given those circumstances where, you know, there's so many other things that you need to keep an eye on? Yeah, I guess, I'm, yeah, well, obviously I'm very passionate about my local produce and also the fact even even today I had a big box of limes dropped off at the, the front door. So a lot of, a lot of, Friends and customers have been fabulous in giving me produce as well. And, yeah, just, I don't know, trying to keep it seasonal and trying to use definitely all the local producers that are around the area because, obviously, everyone's had such a hard year. What kind of produce is looking good at the moment? Oh, well, I've got actually lots of beautiful homegrown broccoli at the moment. All, all of our citrus has been fabulous up here as well. Plenty of grapefruits, oranges, lemons, limes and mandarins. And oh, I always use the local trout farm as well. Their product is a fabulous product, the Harrietville um, trout farm. I use, obviously, a Millowa chicken, Millowa duck. So what were some of the dishes that you had on the weekend's menu? Uh, on the weekend's menu, I'm using a lot of asparagus and peas at the moment as well. So I've had a beautiful burrata on. I'm also doing a stracciatella with a beautiful um, zucchini, lemon, mint, pine nut and currant topping. Yum. That sounds so good. Yes. <laughs> uh, what a, yeah, so obviously my gnocchi, I can't take my gnocchi off the menu, so that's on there as well. Yeah, your gnocchi is so good. And yeah, you always get my um, meats from the local butcher here, Gav. And he's got a beautiful Running Creek ribeye, which we can't take off the menu as well. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's as you're talking, I'm sort of hearing and understanding more how tied in you are to the to local producers. And it makes me think that, you know, when, you, when you're not able to have some certainty around how many customers you're serving, uh, it makes it so, it makes, there's a flow on effect to those producers as well, isn't there? Oh yeah, definitely. Like, I, even the butcher, he, he can't believe how quiet he is at the moment. And also we've had a caravan park shut here in Tawonga. So usually I would have had a lot of guests walking up to the restaurant from the caravan park. The caravan park shut but due to, um, I think they've got a few issues with the septic and sewerage. So Mount Beauty and Tawonga, we've lost, lost the caravan park. So we've also lost a lot of our customers. Uh. Yeah, that's that's really tough. And I guess to have gone through 
the whole winter because it's close to the ski fields. The snow season would be such a big part of your yearly thinking, wouldn't it? So to have to have had such a difficult summer, to have had winter pretty much wiped out, um, yeah, you've really been in the thick of it, haven't you? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, usually we'd have um, customers coming down from the mountain. They'd stop. Most of them would get changed in the toilets at Templar and then they'd come up to the restaurant. But um, unfortunately, we just haven't had that traffic coming through. Um, tell us about Templar Lodge, Emma, because it's, uh, it's not your normal restaurant building, is it? No, it's an old um, Masonic Lodge. It was built in the 1950s. Um, I've been running the business for two years, but unfortunately, I could probably say the last year's been a bit of a write-off. But yeah, we were bit, we're, I'm pretty much a new restaurant to the valley and sort of a bit more upmarket. And given that, you know, you've obviously in a tight-knit community, but you t deal with a lot of tourists as well. At the moment where people aren't allowed to travel so much, um, are you finding that local customers are the ones that are making those bookings or is it um, still a lot of people that are coming from that bit further afield in regional Victoria? Um, it's definitely locals and also a lot of predominantly bright Beechworth um, and sort of surrounding sort of towns. But yeah, I, I would say that I would have known everyone in the restaurant on Saturday night, which has been fantastic. Great local support. They're all, they've all been dying to come out, so it's been good. And what about your staff? Um, tell me what it's been like for them to have the restaurant closed. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I was sort of, um, I wasn't able to retain anyone on JobKeeper because they hadn't been working at the restaurant for long enough. Because unfortunately with hospitality, the staff come and go all the time. So I, when, when, when we did actually get up and running, I was actually paying everyone a wage, whereas there were other restaurants and pubs in town that were obviously getting the government to pay their, their job keeper. So again, I was sort of at a, a downside on my, how much money I could actually make. But um, at the moment, I've got two fantastic staff and, yeah, they're, they're on board for summer, which is fantastic, and then I'll keep an eye out for someone else. But unfortunately, a lot of people that I, that I can get to work don't want to work because they're enjoying getting paid by the government at the moment. Uh, well, yeah, that's... Um that's certainly tricky and it's, you know, it's never easy to find staff in the regions. You certainly don't need any more chips um, against you. Is, are um, backpackers, people that perhaps might have been working on the ski fields, um, part of your normal workforce? Yes, they are. Yeah. People at the ski fields are a lot of people that are in town, but I'm finding it really hard to even get extra staff on board just because of the fact that so many people are on job JobKeeper and they're enjoying their time not working, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's not really what you want to hear, is it? Because um, I, I know that staffing, it's, it's always an issue, but what I am hearing from so many employers is that, you know, even in Melbourne as people are starting to think about restaffing and gearing back up for business, a lot of the internationals have left and you certainly hope that the people who are here and have been lucky enough to be supported by the government will be um, clamouring to fill those positions. So, yeah, I hope that um, <laughs> that, that eases up for you. Yeah, so no, de definitely interesting, but... Yeah, the staff that I've got on at the moment, they obviously need the money because they're not on job keeper. Well, I'm glad you found some good people that are going to, um, 
yeah, fill those roles for you. And um, yeah, hope you have a, a good summer together with at Templar Lodge. Are there any um, words that, you know, final words around regional dining and perhaps whether it's what customers need to know or um, words of wisdom for other restaurateurs about, you know, what we can all do to get this, get through this next stage together? Yeah, I guess support, definitely go out and support your local restaurant or cafe. And um, yeah, just, and be aware and be kind because the staff are under a lot of pressure and we're actually, we've got to work harder to make more money. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you so much, Amber. I'm going to keep an eye on the forecast as well and I hope it's bright, sunny and still or perhaps just enough of a breeze to blow the mozzies away if they've started their summer season but not enough to make it uncomfortable or chilly for the diners. We're going to all become expert meteorologists um, over the coming months as outdoor dining is a larger part of our hospitality picture. But thank you so much for um, sharing your story today. Oh, thanks for chatting to me, Danny. And yeah, Hopefully, yep, fingers crossed, we're up and onward from here on in. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is a Deep in the Weeds production. Yeah, you've got to have two sides open at least as I understand it. And um, tell me what kinds of uh, creatures that you might have. Um, oh, hang on, let's wait for this delivery guy. Uh, just a minute, I've just got, got a delivery guy coming to the door. Hang on a sec. <laughs>